Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 3rd. The holidays are over and you made it through to the other side. You know who may not make it through today in the way he would like? Kevin McCarthy. Will he become Speaker of the House with the new Republican majority? Or has he alienated too many reality-based Republicans in his conference by embracing Donald Trump's lies too much? or alienated too many people on his right by not being Trumpy enough. And we will start there today with Time Magazine national political correspondent Molly Ball, who also wrote a best-selling biography of the outgoing Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, of course. It is simply called Pelosi. Molly, happy to have you. Happy New Year. I hope you didn't have to fly southwest over the holidays. And welcome back to WNYC. Thank you so much for having me. I got to spend Christmas all alone, thanks to a combination of COVID and airlines, but I'm I'm back at it today and uh, happy to be here. Well, you sound good. I hope you're all recovered. Yes. Give us a civics lesson to start out. Is the election of a Speaker of the House the very first order of business and the House can't do anything else until they have a Speaker? That's right. Uh, I think the important thing to remember here is Congress makes its own rules, but they can't make any rules. uh, The House can't make any rules until there is a speaker. So, in fact, the members can't even be sworn in until there is a speaker. Uh, And so this is really just governed by tradition, precedent and a very small amount of text in the Constitution, this process. And uh, it has been exactly 100 years since a speaker vote went to a second ballot. But most people are expecting that that may be the situation today. As we speak, the House Republican Conference is meeting uh, as uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, from what I understand, is making a sort of presentation to the members uh, to try to convince those holdouts uh, to get on board and back him. It's a very high bar. It's very difficult. You know, Republicans have a very small majority uh, so he needs uh, he needs a majority of, of whoever is voting. Uh, if all hundred all 434 members of the House are in attendance today, that would mean he would need 218 votes can change depending on, you know, present votes and people not voting. Uh, so that could get a little complicated in terms of the threshold. Uh, but for all the, uh, can I say crap on public radio, for all the crap McCarthy's getting today and mostly deserves, I think it is important to remember that, you know, he has to get more than 95% of his members to vote for him in order to succeed at being speaker. And that would be hard for anyone. I'm enough of a snowflake to consider NFL abolition, but not enough to say you can't say crap on public radio. This, this And we'll get into the <laughs> politics like, who if not Kevin McCarthy But I want to ask this first, and this might be an ignorant question, but what is really the job of speaker? I mean, sure, you have a majority party and a minority party, and the math dictates what bills they pass or what investigations they can vote to launch or whatever. But what's the role of the individual? You wrote a whole book about a speaker of the House. What's the role of the individual, whoever it is, as speaker of the House? Yeah, I've obviously thought a lot about this question, so I'm glad you bring it up. And it is a good sort of big picture 
uh, thing to think about as we go through all of this, you know, ground level drama and procedural nitpicking. Uh, but the speaker is the leader of the entire House, if not the entire Congress. It's the only leadership position that is in the Constitution. And that's and it is elected by the whole House. That's why the speaker needs 218 votes, not just a majority of his or her individual party conference. Kevin McCarthy did get the vast majority of the Republican conference to support his nomination for speaker. But the entire House votes on the speaker. Uh, and that person, again, is then the leader of the entire House. So setting the rules, setting the agenda, deciding how the House is going to work, deciding what committees it's going to to have right nancy pelosi unilaterally decided that there would be a committee to investigate the january 6th uh, insurrection uh, nancy pelosi also created a special uh, climate committee in the house because that was an issue that was important to her so mm. some of the demands that mccarthy's facing or 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 or, or promises that he's made uh, for if he becomes speaker are for things like that special committees that might be created investigative committees uh in particular so you know, uh, I always, when I talked about uh, Nancy Pelosi when she was speaker, um, a lot of people focused on the parts of her job that weren't really the job, right? Uh, the political side of the job, the sort of public perception side of the job, what people thought of her, whether right. she was polarizing or toxic politically. Uh, but the speaker is first the leader of their party caucus. So one of the things that Nancy Pelosi did particularly well, in fact, better than any speaker in history, uh, was to keep Democrats together. Uh, and critics could say that this increased the level of partisanship in the House, but she uh, enforced uh, and, and led a higher level of party unity than any speaker uh, before or after her. Mm. So that's the sort of herding cats part of the job. But then, you know, the speaker is working with the other party in the House. The speaker is working with the Senate. The speaker is working with the White House, doing all those negotiations on things like budgets, keeping the lights on, keeping uh, uh, keeping the debt limit uh, raised so that the United States doesn't default on its obligations. Uh, so negotiating with the other party, keeping your own party together uh, and and uh, constructing, passing uh, big pieces of policy. If, if you feel like doing that in the minority, not necessarily the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the highest probability uh, with a divided Congress. And then, as you mentioned, uh, this House also has a lot of investigations that they want to do in the name of uh, holding holding the White House and Democrats accountable. Right. And if anything were to happen to both the president and the vice president, God forbid, the speaker of the House is the next in line for the presidency. So that, of course, is right. a big potential thing. It's never happened. Uh, but you got to have somebody who at least theoretically could run the country in there, run the executive branch. You, you tell a story in the book to digress a little more before we come back to Kevin McCarthy's election or not today. And I'm doing this from memory, so correct me if I'm remembering it wrong. But I think you tell a story in your Pelosi book of when President Obama was trying to get Obamacare, a.k.a. the Affordable Care Act, through the House, and it was close. And Pelosi admonished him for trying too hard to get a bipartisan version that would get some Republican votes. Am I remembering that right? In general, this was her major uh, tension with the Obama White House was that— um, uh, on Obamacare, and that was mainly in the in the Senate, uh, the White House and the Senate uh, dithered and dithered on trying to get Republicans on board. And Pelosi believed from the beginning that they weren't going to get on board. Uh, this was also a big dynamic with uh, the stimulus, which was really the first sort of legislative drama of the Obama presidency. Uh, he also spent months uh, or at least weeks courting Republicans for that uh, and failing. Uh, so uh, so, yes, you are correct that in general, uh, Pelosi was uh, 
less convinced that bipartisanship was a possibility. And, and I think uh, we can look back and say that she was right about that. Mm. How does it go today in the speaker election? Is there open debate on the House floor? Are people going to say good things or bad things about Kevin McCarthy and open debate in front of C-SPAN and everyone? How does it go? Uh, yeah, well, the House will gavel in at noon, and that is when uh, the voting will begin. I believe there there will be some speeches. Uh, and, uh, you know, what has been really interesting to me in following this process is uh, how, how little of a plan that McCarthy and his allies seem to have. In fact, uh, he, he there seem to be more uh, votes against him or, or skeptics of his ability to be speaker within the Republican conference today uh, than there were uh, after the election when the Republicans won the House, which is not what you would expect to see after, you know, uh, nearly two months of him uh, campaigning and, and, and interfacing with people and trying to get people on board. Uh, so there is a lot of skepticism about whether he is going to make it to that threshold today. As I mentioned, the Republicans are conferencing this morning uh, and uh, hoping to, to to have the argument within the family there. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, McCarthy's plan is just to stay on the floor and make them vote until they get to him. And, uh, you know, it's it's sort of a it's sort of a brute force argument rather than a, a clever plan. It could work. We will see. From what I've read, assuming no Democrats vote for him, McCarthy can only lose four Republican votes and five from the most right wing faction have come out against him, at least so far. Here is one of them. Florida Congressman Matt Gates. Well, I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy for speaker because I think he's just a shill of the establishment. I think that Kevin McCarthy is little more than a vessel through which lobbyists and special interests operate. And the reason most of my Republican colleagues are supporting him is because they benefit from the redistribution of lobbyist and special interest money through McCarthy to their campaign accounts. And asked later if he thinks McCarthy has a plan for the southern border, Gates started with the idea of impeaching President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, but the question was, does McCarthy have a plan? Well, the plan ought to be to impeach Mayorkas. And McCarthy was against that until he saw that he needed the votes of populist conservatives, and then all of a sudden has changed his tune. I don't believe that's sincere. I know we have a crisis on the border. We're going to be at the point where we have tens of thousands of people coming over each and every day, and we need a Republican Party willing to stand up to that. And actually, Paul Ryan, like that wing of the Republican Party, they believe in unchecked immigration because it lowers wages and it lowers labor costs for big business. That was Matt Gates from his own YouTube channel. That's where we got that clip. Our guest is Molly Ball from Time. Molly, one interesting thing to me about those clips is that if we didn't tell everyone it was going to be Matt Gates, they might have thought it was a progressive Democrat or a socialist because the main thing he was dinging McCarthy on was doing the bidding of big business. But of course, on any labor rights or minimum wage or any such issues, the GOP is always on management side and anti-union. So how does that fit together with what Matt Gates was invoking there as reasons to oppose Kevin McCarthy for speaker? Yeah, well, Gates is an interesting case. He's actually not a member of the Freedom Caucus. He sees himself as sort of an independent uh, conservative populist. And uh, if I can shoot my own horn a little bit, uh, back uh, back in, I believe, May, I wrote a piece about Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, calling them the MAGA squad and, and predicting that they could pose 
trouble for McCarthy when and if the Republicans ran the uh, won the House. Okay, it was in June. Uh, the interesting thing there, of course, is that Gates and Green are not allied anymore. Green has gone hardcore pro, uh, I guess, management, as you could say, uh, right? Mm. She's on McCarthy's side and has been harshly critical of the conservatives who are trying to dethrone uh, McCarthy, uh, while Gates has been a ringleader of the Never Kevin faction, uh, saying that he will not vote for McCarthy under any circumstances. Uh, so uh, it, it, it is interesting, but, 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 but Gates himself, you know, in the name of this sort of conservative populism, has occasionally found common cause with progressives. Uh, sometimes, uh, I believe there was a, a bill on psychedelic legalization that he worked with AOC on. Huh. Uh, there's been less of that type of collaboration uh, since January 6, 2021. 2021. Uh, but so he's an interesting case just because he is sort of uh, sort of independent in his policy yeah. views and, and likes it's to interesting. take some Yeah, state. though I guess the, the main reason that Republicans uh, want to crack down on the southern border is because there are too many brown people coming in too quickly. Um but let's take a phone call. Here's Lee in Brooklyn, who has a question that at least three callers on our board are asking. Lee, you get to do the honors. You're on WNYC. Happy New Year. Hi there. Happy New Year. Um, I'm just curious, since the Republicans just have such a narrow majority, which I think is only about five seats, that sounds like a lot of them are going to be splitting their votes between McCarthy and somebody else. Could potentially the Democrats all vote for one person and get a Democrat nominated to be Speaker of the House? They uh, still need question. some Republican votes, but I mean, right. presumably they could help boost McCarthy rather than a more right-wing candidate um, or some scenario like that. Molly? Yeah, McCarthy does not have a lot of friends uh, on the Democratic side of the aisle. I mean, if he did, that would probably cause him more trouble with the conservatives. And so he is sort of caught in the middle in that sense. Uh, in terms of the math, uh, the Democrats don't have a majority, so they would need more votes to get to a majority. Uh, now, I, as far as I know, all of the Democrats or nearly all of them are planning to vote for Hakeem Jeffries to be their leader. Uh, he was elected, I believe, by acclamation in the Democratic conference uh, to be their nominee for speaker. So he will be the Democratic nominee for speaker on the floor and he will get probably all of the Democrats. What is it? 212 votes. Uh, but that is less than 218. So unless something changes with the math, uh, unless there are you know, fewer than 434 people on the floor, uh, that would not be enough to get to a majority, and the constitutional threshold is a majority. Well, I did hear one kind of wild scenario a few weeks ago. I think it's a wild scenario because I haven't been hearing it this weekend. So you can tell me if this just was somebody's pipe dream, that McCarthy can't get a majority of Republicans, so someone slightly more moderate gets nominated. A lot of Democrats vote for that person, plus enough Republicans, and voila, we have a bipartisan coalition speaker and bipartisan kind of center right to center left House majority. Is that just somebody's kumbaya dream? Yes and no. I would say, yes, it is a wild scenario. But today is all about wild scenarios, right? This is some the House speaker vote has not gone to a second ballot since 1923, exactly 100 years ago. Uh, so all bets are off. Anything could happen. And uh, while I would consider that highly unlikely, there's a lot of highly unlikely things uh, that might happen today just because it is such an unusual situation. So now 
it's there as far as I know, there is not active plotting for that kind of quote unquote unity speaker uh, type of situation. It's there are a few Republican moderates uh, who have talked about uh, potentially looking to even someone who is not currently in the House. There's no requirement that the House Speaker actually be a member of the House of Representatives. Uh, but again, you know, McCarthy is sort of at the midpoint of the House Republican caucus. So if they go any more moderate to liberal, they lose a lot of right wing votes. If they go any more conservative, try to get like a, you know, a Speaker Jim Jordan or even a Speaker uh, Steve Scalise mm -hmm. uh, could lose some of the moderate Republican votes on the other end. So uh, whoever is in this situation that Kevin McCarthy is in, whoever is trying to be the Republican uh, Speaker of the House uh, is in a tricky situation. Is there how much does McCarthy also have doubters to his left? among maybe more centrist Republicans from swing districts who barely won their elections? At this point, the 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 most moderate, the most liberal, I guess, members of the Republican conference are quite loyal to McCarthy. Uh, people like the newly elected uh, Mike Lawler from New York or uh, Don Bacon from Nebraska. Uh, the, most of the moderates, uh, including the, the Republican Main Street Caucus, which is the sort of centrist uh, arm of the Republican conference. Uh, they all signed a letter supporting McCarthy very strongly. Uh, so most of the moderates are on McCarthy's side, uh, but in but they're on McCarthy's side because they don't want to see someone more conservative, I, I think, uh, lead the caucus for the most part. A few people are calling in with George Santos questions. Here's Dana in Queens with one. Hi, Dana, you're on WNYC. Hi, I have a simple question. Is George Santos a citizen? We know he's wanted in Brazil. He's a felon, basically. He's not convicted. But is he a citizen? Has anybody ascertained that? Because he has no boundaries. There's nothing less out of the, out of the park for him. I don't think he's a citizen. Do you? That's interesting. He's an alleged felon until he's convicted of anything, and unless he is. But um, I haven't heard that one, that he might have been born in Brazil and never naturalized. Um, but like Dana says, you know, anything is possible with him because he's made up so much stuff. What are you hearing about George Santos? Yeah, that is a good question to which I do not know the answer. But obviously, I think anything George Santos has ever said about himself and where he comes from and his background is uh, open to question at this point, uh, since he seems to have uh, fabricated pretty much his entire existence. Uh, and uh, and as we now know, is under investigation by authorities in two separate countries. So going to be interesting times for George Santos. Ahead. By the way, why, why you said uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is supporting Kevin McCarthy, even though some of the other most far right Republicans in Congress are not. Why is Marjorie Taylor Greene supporting him? And for that matter, Donald Trump is supporting him, too. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, sort of split among uh, the conservative, the sort of more pro-Trump uh, members of the House. Uh, Green has not only not only a voice support for McCarthy, she's been campaigning for him very hard and even uh, been, as I said, very harshly critical of people like Gates, people like Lauren Boebert, who've taken different positions from her. Uh, but Green has been working for the last couple of years to cultivate Kevin McCarthy. Uh, she has cozied up to him after being harshly critical for him in the beginning. Uh, she has gotten him to do her bidding on a number of things, uh, and he has promised to restore her committees, uh, for example, since the Democrats kicked her off of her House committees. Um, 
and uh, and he's made various other uh, promises to her. She has said it's it's not a situation where she sort of presented him a list of demands, but because she's been such a good ally to him, she expects to get uh, to have a lot of clout uh, and have a lot of leverage uh, in the next Congress. So it's just a different strategy for how to use power, right? Someone like uh, Matt Gates is much more about trying to leverage outside power uh, against leadership. Marjorie Taylor Greene has calculated that uh, the best way to get uh, what she wants accomplished is to become part of the power structure and be as close to the speaker as possible. And if McCarthy becomes speaker, I think we can expect to see her have a lot of influence. Molly, before we run out of time, I, I, I want to acknowledge going back to the speaker of the House election today, that we're getting a number of people calling in and tweeting in um, with the same exact question. And it may seem far-fetched, but I'll give you this from a tweet, listener writes, this guy I know said he heard Liz Cheney has a shot for Speaker of the House. I know you don't have to be a member of the House for that, that's true, but I think George Santos has a better shot at being Speaker. So this this particular listener is cynical about it, but this this idea is the Democrats might vote for Liz Cheney for Speaker of the House, some Republicans who want to stand up for at least truth in elections might vote for Liz Cheney for Speaker of the House. But that's crazy, right? Yeah, I'll go back to what I said before. It's crazy, but it's crazy. something crazy could happen today just because we don't know how this is going to end and uh, all bets are off. So, uh, again, I would say that it's 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 especially crazy just because I don't think anyone is working on it. Right. A far fetched mm. plan like that usually uh, takes some planning, takes some preparation, takes uh, the person in question wanting it and, and working to arrange it. And I don't know of any plot like that that's underway. Possibly it has been and we just don't know about it. Uh, but I think uh, a plan that unlikely becomes more unlikely when uh, nobody is pushing for it actively yeah. that I know of. Well, it's going around. We have people on the phones. We have people on Twitter who have gotten this scenario in their heads enough to uh, to be asking about it. But we will leave it there. Great way to start the year, I think, with Molly Ball, national political correspondent from Time Magazine, also the author of the best-selling book about the outgoing Speaker of the House called Pelosi. Molly, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. Thanks, Brian. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.